0: Welcome to Wide Receivers Preview Part 1. You know, a year ago, as we looked at the wide receiver position, we thought Stefan Diggs was making, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a downgrade when it came to the passing offense going from Minnesota to Buffalo, and he was maybe about a round five pick at the time. We thought Julio Jones would be the best Atlanta wide receiver, we thought DeAndre Hopkins might be fading a little bit in his career, although not everybody on this podcast thought that. I think Dave was mega high on, on DeAndre Hopkins. We still liked him. I don't know if we thought he was going to be 115 catches and 1,400 yards. But we learned a lot last year. We had a great bounce-back season from wide receivers after 2019 was kind of a down year. And we also had a rookie finish seventh overall, which is really, really hard to do. And welcome to the 2021 preview for wide receivers. I really didn't know what to say. It was a terrible intro. I was stressed about it. I didn't know how to talk about wide receivers. How to bring it up. So why don't you guys do it a little bit better, Heath? I'm giving you ten words to give your thoughts about the 2021 wide receiver group.
2: Can we do ten words a uh, piece on that intro?
0: Yeah. Yes, you can. Um, you have permission.
2: You can do two words. Uh, ten words on wide receiver. Um, elite tier is growing. Still super deep after that. Okay. That's a haiku. <laughs>
1: It's felt poetic. Okay, Dave, you're up. Uh, It's a really, 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 deep position. JB?
3: Every rookie will be as good as Justin Jefferson this year.
0: Yes, the sarcastic. Uh, Is it really that deep of of a position?
2: Yeah. Really depends on how many you need to start. And if you need to start two, it's by far the deepest position. Yeah, if you have to start deep, even if you need to start three, if it's full PPR losing guys by the
3: day, it's pretty frustrating.
2: Yeah. If if it's full PPR and you start three wide receivers and a flex, I'm not sure it's that much more deep than running back.
0: I I, I just wish I could do the intro over. I'm not going to lie, but I (laughs) (laughs) can't. We don't have that same. We don't have the technology for it right now. Uh, All right. So we're not we're not live live. (laughs) <laughs> no, we can't do it. I, I can't do it. Yeah, it's just a, it's a headache. That's it. Scrap the podcast. But I yeah, do have it. I do have an exciting announcement about the podcast league coming up. So I will redeem myself with that. Uh, I guess. Let me ask you this: Where's the cutoff of wide receivers that you feel good about starting? And Dave, I feel like you go a little bit deeper than the others. So you know, how deep in your rankings do you go? I still like this guy. I'm still excited to start him as as a third receiver.
1: Looking at my rankings now, and I will say minimum forty-three receivers deep. And the, who who are like the last few there? The last few would be Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel.
0: I'm a little surprised to hear you put them that you'd be comfortable comfortable with them as a week one starter.
1: At least well, I mean, obviously, within the case of Curtis Samuel, you want him to be healthy. If you'd like, I can make it forty-two, Adam. Oh, this was terrible. I sound terrible. Let's start. (laughs) No, but Elijah Moore,
0: you'd be okay with Elijah Moore as a week one starter? I'm
1: excited about Elijah Moore in a major way. I think he's going to end up being the best Jets receiver. So the bet is on him. I'm drafting him in, in this late range. So outside of wide receiver three range, but still someone where if I had to in week one, I would start him as a number three receiver.
0: Jamie, Dave says about 42, 43 wide receivers he'd be comfortable with as a week one starter. How about you?
3: Um, as a in a three receiver league, yeah, it's 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 around there. You know, I I think you know I'm fine with Mike Williams. I'm fine with Elijah Moore. I'm fine with Darnell Mooney. I'm fine with, um, you know, Michael Pittman. Now you know he's a little bit lower, but you know I think his outlook changes with a healthy Carson Wentz. So yeah, it, it, in, in a three receiver league, it's it, it's there, there's going to be plenty of guys you can rotate through there if you draft you know four guys in the top forty, uh, depending on the rank list you look at. So it's uh it. It changes in in a two-receiver league, though.
0: Uh, We'll Mm -hmm. we'll get to that that in a second. Heath, how about you?
2: Man, I don't know. I I was going to say like 38 and stop at LaVisca Chenault at 38. Um, But there's guys that I have ranked ahead of him that I don't want to start week one. I'm just hopeful for what they're going to be. So I think I'm a little bit less uh, on the white. Like I said, in the three-receiver league it's full PPR, I think the bar is pretty high for who I want to start, and so I don't feel like it's quite as deep.
0: Okay. All right, so we'll talk more about that in a moment. We'll talk about how the strategies change in two receiver leagues, three receiver leagues, non-PPR, full PPR, all that. And remember, this is a a two-part preview, so part one is a little bit more of an overview of the position, and we will get to ADP. I'm thinking probably the first... Two and a half rounds, maybe you know, up to Allen Robinson or so. Although Ceedee Lamb is going right after Allen Robinson, Ceedee Lamb is wide receiver twelve in full PPR according to Fantasy wow. Pros, and I believe he's thirty fourth overall.
2: How many rocket ships is that,
0: Jamie? Three. <laughs> Sorry, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about ADP, but tomorrow will be the full ADP show. So the podcast league, Dave, Jamie, Heath. We have to figure out when we want to do the podcast league. I meant to ask you this before the show, but I was too busy working on my intro. So I don't know, Jamie, like, what's the last Tuesday? We usually do the last Tuesday. You already gave me the draft day, buddy. You gave me the date or the week? The the, the day. Do you remember it? Yep.
3: What is it? I will tell you right now. It is
2: thirty first. who are you and what have you done with our host? <laughs> august 31st
0: yes i knew it the last tuesday of august okay august 31st well
3: i'm sorry you can do it that day or the monday before
0: august 31st we're gonna stick with that
1: that's okay. uh, my son's birthday oh that's great so you're gonna pull heath away from his son's birthday it'll well, be we do these after he's tracks. Tracks at like nine o'clock at night right. every year 8 so. p.m so what well, do you want? You want to do? A, you want to do the thirtieth? Heath, the party's
0: strong. Thirtieth or the thirty-first, Heath? Um. Oh, I I'd, I'd choose the thirtieth if I get a vote. Is that okay, JB? Yeah, I I I was giving you the day
3: that I was going to write the story on the podcast league, so that makes it easier for me. Okay, great.
1: Wait All a right. minute. Wait a minute. August thirtieth is my anniversary. <laughs> no, it's not. Your anniversary is in November. How do you know my anniversary? I I remember. So you take things. off work every year?
0: <laughs> okay okay let's let's, let's bring it back <laughs> bring it back to me here we go august 30th 8 p.m eastern is our podcast league if you want in the podcast league you have to be able to make that date and time do not auto draft do not say hey can we change the time it's not going to work august 30th 8 p.m eastern if you want in send an email. in the league full? and i already give you enough people send an email to at <laughs> cbsi.com.
1: My Fa- mailman held my mail for an extra day. I told him I would put him in the podcast league.
0: Fantasy Football at cbsi.com. That's the letter i. You have to put podcast league in the subject line. And what we want is anything creative. We got some great songs last year. Um, you know, pictures, photoshops, so whatever it is, Creepy anything creative. Poems. If you're not creative, you can still submit. I'll I'll pick some people who are just fans of the show and Don't have time to make something creative, but we want some funny stuff that we can play on the podcast so we can tweet or put on Facebook or whatever. So it's Monday, August 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, check out our new podcast, Fantasy Football Today DFS. That's what it's called. Download and subscribe right now. Fantasy Football Today DFS. You're going to dominate this year with the best advice from Frank Stample, Mike McClure, and Sia Najad. It's two times weekly. It's Fantasy Football Today DFS feed. And the first episode is already out. And the second episode, I think, is out today. So get on that. Um, what is the cutoff for you guys for stud wide receivers? How many guys do you feel like, yeah, this is a true number one wide receiver? Twelve. Convenient, but okay. No, no, no. <laughs> That's I mean it is. Yeah, I'm it looking is. at my Depends- rankings in
2: PPR. Two leagues, there's only 10.
0: No, 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 no. That's not. You might think there are some years. They might think there are fifteen, you know, that are okay. worthy of being number one.
1: Like I wouldn't love it if CeeDee Lamb or Chris Godwin were my number one receiver. Would hey,
2: I? Got, I'd say it? eleven. I'd say eleven. Right.
0: Okay, so that's McLaurin. Um, Dave has Robert Woods in there. Yep. Uh, Jamie, how about Devontae you? Adams in there. <laughs> Jamie, around the same spot, eleven, twelve. Uh, I would probably go fourteen. Oh. So that'd be Lamb and Cooper, would be part of that. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh no, Cooper Cup. Okay. Well, I guess yeah,
3: 14 would be cup for me, right? I have 13,
0: 14 would be Cooper and 15 would be cup according to what I'm looking at, but maybe it's not updated. Made 15. 15. I'll say 15. Then.
2: Okay. But there like there's a big difference between the first half of that and the second half for me. Yes. A really big difference. Yeah. There's probably six studs, and then there's another six that are true number yeah, one. That's one. a different question.
0: So there's six studs. So so there's Adams Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley. And the and who else? Who's a stud? AJ Brown. I would say AJ Brown.
1: I'm wow. putting DK in there.
0: <clears throat> Why is AJ Brown a stud in full PPR and not you know Keenan Allen who's been top 8 per game and think three of the last four seasons in full PPR?
2: Yeah, I pretty I, I misspoke. I pretty much have Keenan Allen in that same tier. Um, I just didn't think anybody else agreed with there being a seventh. And maybe maybe we only agree on a top five. I know I put Jefferson in that tier too.
1: So same. It's six to seven, but it's not we don't have all the same guys. AJ Brown averaged seventeen point five PPR points per game in his last thirteen games. I would say that's good. Then he belongs.
0: Yeah, well, you know, some people don't really know what the context of that number is. Per game for the season, he was seventh in PPR. He is trying to become the first wide receiver in five years, at least, yeah, five years, to finish as a top 12 wide receiver overall full season on an offense, well, maybe they'll throw more. They probably will. But an offense that's bottom five in pass attempts has not produced a top five PPR receiver, I think, since 2016.
2: I think that they will, um, I think they'll probably be bottom five again, but... I think they'll probably throw forty more passes at least.
0: And right. He was on pace to be seventh. He was seventh per game in full PPR. So he's just awesome. But but in terms of his catches and his targets, they're pretty low for for what you
2: look for from a stud. He's kind of he's kind of gone on the Tyreek Hill path. Yeah. Um yeah. and Hill didn't stop after a year two. Um so I think I still think there's I've got him projected for 140 targets this year. I think he takes another step forward in that regard.
1: And the other thing that he's been doing well for the last two seasons, Adam, has been playing efficiently. He's been top 10 in yards after catch per reception, yards per route run, missed tackles forced each of the past two years. He was top eight in red zone touchdowns inside the 10 touchdowns among wide receivers last year. He's, he's everything you want uh, in a fantasy receiver. You wish that there were more targets there, but short of that, he's everything, everything that you could possibly ask for.
2: And most of the history we have suggests that when you're that good for two years with his pedigree, you get more targets.
1: Yeah, but like they most... don't but just
2: but stay as a low-target guy. Target. They
0: added Julio Jones.
2: <laughs> right, but, but they, they also lost him. Humphreys, yeah. they lost
3: Davis, they lost Janu. That's like 190 targets. Yeah, other, and, I know. And look, we're, we're expecting Todd Downing to do the exact same thing that Arthur Smith did. He may tweak some things. He may... Like he said, it may be 40 more pass attempts. That's, you know, factoring in obviously an additional game, but it could be, you know, 60 more pass attempts. Right. It could be 80 more pass attempts. You know, we don't know what they're going to do. You don't make a move for Julio Jones and say we're going to throw less. You know, yeah. this would be stupid.
0: But it's been five years in a row they've been bottom five in pass attempts. But it's
3: a different coordinator now.
0: It's he hasn't been there for five years, Arthur Smith. It's just uh, no. But again, there's Mike Vrabel. But it's
2: a change. There's yeah. not something about the Titans that's gone through two different regimes yeah, that I makes understand. them have to be bottom five.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I would still bet a sandwich that they'll be bottom ten. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And look, the Vikings probably Turkey, will be too. Turkey. The Vikings were six, had the sixth fewest pass attempts last year. Justin Jefferson was a wide receiver seven, and with some better touchdown luck, you know, he would have uh, been even better than that.
2: Okay, uh, some more wide receiver questions. Oh, Justin Jefferson was probably worse than A.J. Brown per game, right?
0: Yes.
3: Yeah. He was... Uh, yeah, Brown's better than Jefferson, but I think Jefferson belongs in that, in that
1: category.
0: Right. Yeah, but so you guys would take Brown over Jefferson?
1: Yeah. Why do you... Why? Well, there's the shoulder thing for Jefferson. There's also an expected... I think there's a significant target drain for everybody in Minnesota. After last year, that defense was terrible. We expect them to bounce back. They'll play better. It should mean fewer games where Cousins has to throw it 35-plus times like he had to do the last eight games of last year. And that's not to say that Jefferson can't be more efficient, but I just I think that Brown's efficiency plus whatever uptick in targets he gets makes him the more intriguing fantasy get.
2: The, the Titans added Julio Jones, and Jefferson still has a lot more competition for targets than A.J. Brown does. How do you figure? Because they don't throw to their running backs, and Dalvin Cook's going to catch seventy passes. What if Thielen gets hurt though? And, and he's well, what if Julio gets hurt?
0: Yeah, that's a great point.
2: I think those two
0: certainly—they're <laughs> about, about the same age. A lot of mileage, especially for Julio.
2: What if Derek Henry gets hurt?
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh. What if Dalvin <laughs> Cook gets hurt? No, but but AJ Brown hasn't done what it what Justin Jefferson did. I, Justin Jefferson was more efficient than AJ Brown. We said
2: that AJ Brown was better than Justin Jefferson. I last didn't year. say
0: that. Oh, okay. oh, oh! Fantasy He's points per game. More fantasy points per game. But he hasn't hit. He hasn't hit 1,400 yards, and that's an incredible he didn't accomplishment. Played games
2: last year. Yeah, but Justin Jefferson was a rookie. He had the best rookie season ever. I, I understand, and during that season, AJ Brown, a year older than him, scored more fantasy points per game. Did who scored more as a rookie? Heath.
1: Justin Jefferson (laughs) is. Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) Look, AJ Brown battled injuries twice in his career so far. I mean, he was hurt. Battled injuries in training. Justin
1: Jefferson's hurt right now. Yeah, right. Jefferson's injury is more serious than Brown's. Uh,
3: I was close, though, with with the Aaron Rodgers situation and before Julio Jones to putting AJ Brown first. Oh, before Julio Jones. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, I want to draft blank of my top blank wide receivers.
3: Two of my top
1: 15. Uh, I'll go back to that 43 number that I gave you. I'd like to draft five of those 43 receivers.
2: Um, I'd really like to draft three of my top 14. How do you and pull that you off, can do Well, because um, three of my top 14 are going after, or at least two of them are going after round four late in round five, he or could, round six, Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup. Right, Heath, you could easily start receiver, 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 and make that happen. Well, you don't, you don't have to start. Re- well, you could, yes, but you don't. What I'm saying is, you could take one receiver in the first four rounds and make this happen. Okay, so this you is because you're And Tyler Lockett in round five and six. Right.
0: So if you if you right if you look at ADP and you say, oh, well, actually, I think the guys going in round four and five are too low, then you can make this happen very easily if you're trying to get. 2 or 3 even 2 of the top 15 wide receivers in average draft position that's not going to be easy unless you have a late pick because Robert Woods is 15th or Julio Jones they're back to back and they're going 40th so that's you know fairly early in round 4 um
2: well all right so everybody gets shot at 3 of them
0: yeah i just yeah then you're going to have to right then you're only going to have one running back
2: right but no I think like yeah if, and we see Alan Robinson go to, in round four in some drafts
0: yeah his ADP is 33rd but certainly he could fall Adam dreamed rate. about that I did <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy about it <laughs> alright so Heath oh did you have an answer oh you did you did three of your top 15 right okay uh, moving on we'll do some sleepers breakouts and busts in a little bit but how does your strategy change Jamie in a two receiver league versus a three receiver league uh, 12 teams still Yeah. And PPR? Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, It doesn't change dramatically. You know, I I think it just makes me less inclined to want to get that third receiver comparatively to probably getting a third running back first. Okay. So i still like to try and get to my top 15 if I can. Um, But, you know, I would probably be more inclined to go receiver as opposed to running back depending on how the draft would unfold after that.
0: And Dave, non-PPR, half-PPR, full-PPR, how much does that change your wide receiver approach?
1: Uh, I'm less interested in wide receivers in non-PPR. I'm going to focus. I'm already pretty much locked into getting two running backs with my first three picks, trying to get a tight end within those first three picks in most of my drafts. Uh, I would be more locked into that in non-PPR and half-PPR.
0: All right. You know what? People seem to enjoy on the running backs preview when I had you guys make your first five picks and focus on the running backs. Uh, so why don't we do that again? Let's say it's a 12-team league. Heath, I'm going to give you the third pick or the fourth pick.
1: The I mean, third I'm or gonna, fourth
0: pick? I'm okay. going to give you the third pick. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to give you the eighth pick. Dave, I'm going to okay. give you the 12th pick.
1: I, damn it. I hate picking at the end. You want eighth? Yeah, We're on sure. the
2: wide receiver preview. I'll
1: trade you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, you I'm get eighth. I'm not taking a receiver till around four at this point.
0: Jamie, you get twelve. So, Heath, make make your first five picks based on ADP and try to get three of your top 15 wide receivers.
2: Uh, CBS ADP? No, Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros, PPR ADP. So Correct. I should have... Uh, I'll have that very shortly. Well, I know <laughs> at pick three, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara. So, I've already failed. I'm not going to get wide res- one of my top wide receivers uh um, no, that's not
0: true because you could get calvin ridley in the second round maybe or aj brown you could definitely get aj brown
2: so i'm picking at pick 21 yeah and no, I, I would be 22. very happy to take aj brown all right so aj brown at 22 and then coming right back around i've done this in several drafts with running back in the first and then aj brown in the second and keenan allen in the third um, so yeah, I, I like that, uh, combination. And okay. And then we're around pick 45.
0: Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go ahead and take Mark Andrews. And then in round five, I'll take whoever's left between Cooper cup and Tyler Lockett.
0: So that's f- three wide receivers. Okay. Now would you rather have like Mike Davis or Cooper cup or Tyler Lockett or Kareem hunt?
2: um, Not Kareem Hunt. Davis is one that I would struggle with, and it would just depend on how the rest of the league was handling running backs and what I thought might be available to me a little bit later. But I think I'd probably... I like like the the way that feels to have like a top three or four running back, a top three or four tight end, and three of my top 15 wide receivers.
0: Let me give you one other option here because you want three of your top 15 receivers, but maybe... Maybe this is something you'd reconsider. So let's keep Kamara in round one, and let's keep Andrews in round four, and let's keep, let's keep uh, Tyler Lockett in round five. So your other wide receivers were A.J. Brown in round two and Keenan Allen in round three. Would you rather have those three wide receivers, or would you rather replace A.J. Brown with either Darren Waller – oh, no, not Waller because we're keeping Andrews – with uh, Clyde Edwards-Zelaer?
2: Oh, you hate no. him. Sorry. Yeah. With, uh, like DeAndre Swift would be the dis- discussion. Dis- DeAndre Swift for me. with DeAndre right. Swift. Um. I that gets more <laughs> difficult if Swift is there in the third round. Over uh, in Keenan round Allen. two, I'm like I've got AJ Brown as a top 18 pick. So if he's there at the end of round two, I'm taking him every time.
0: All right. So then you might have to make that choice between Keenan Allen and and Clyde Edwards. And sorry, DeAndre Swift.
2: Okay. All right. Well, clear there. All right, uh,
1: Dave. You get the eighth pick, and you know, do it. Give me five picks. So if I'm picking at eight, I'm looking at the best available running back that's there. I'm not interested in getting Devontae Adams at eighth overall. And according to Fantasy Pros, PPR ADP, Aaron Jones would be there. That would be my round one pick. Very happy to take him. And then in round two, I'd look at the receivers that are there. There's Calvin Ridley. That's pretty good. Uh, DK Metcalf is there. Um, I'm going to go Darren Waller at 23 overall. I like that value. At no, tight no, end. no.
0: You're not at twenty three. You have the eighth pick, so you're at what? I rate? don't. Get, but
1: Waller, Waller's ADP oh. is at twenty three. Oh, okay, okay. I understand. So you're going to so, take him over, yes. over a top five wide receiver. I'm taking I'm taking a top two tight end over a top five wide receiver. Okay. What's my pick in round three? It's thirty two. Okay. So the running backs that are left at that point are Carson, Sanders, Jacobs. I would shy away from those guys. McLaurin is right on the money, but so is Allen Robinson. This is full PPR. Allen Robinson would be my first receiver and my third round pick.
0: Okay, so you'd start with Aaron Jones,
1: Darren Waller, Allen Robinson, and then what else? The pick in round four is going to be pretty soon after that one. Which one is it? Is that 40th, 44th, 40?
0: something like 40th? Right around. Well, there.
1: we'll call it 40. Again, the running backs, according to ADP, the running backs I just named are gone. I would have liked to have had a one of those running backs slide to me there. But I see I see Robert Woods with an ADP of 40.3. Pretty sure I'm not going to do better than that at wide receiver. Love getting him to be my wide receiver too. And now I've got two of my top 12 wide outs locked into my starting lineup through four rounds.
0: And then 56th overall, you've got so far, you've got a tight end, you got Waller, you got Aaron Jones, and you've got Allen Robinson and Robert
1: Woods. So Daryl Henderson's ADP, according to this is 66.5. This would be absolutely the range that I would go for him and that would be my rb2 to begin the year taking him over the likes of Jamar Chase, Michael Thomas, Brandon Ayuk.
0: I don't and, I don't really believe the Henderson ADP cuz I think he's just rising.
1: Well, you know, you keep changing the rules of this but, game but Adam. But that's I don't I just I think yeah, that's, well, a, I mean, that's a unique thing. You're giving case. him
3: players that I would be taking too because I'm going to be picking him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I'm just saying that's a unique case with Daryl Henderson when there's an injury situation. Like Michael Thomas is is not is not as far down now as he actually will be in in ADP. You know, that's just so. Let's say you weren't going to take Daryl Henderson, would you take, um, you know, would you take like uh, James Robinson or would you take no I'd Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore?
1: Yeah, Deontay Johnson would probably be the pick. All right, all right, and Jamie, he, that's an that's an amazing number three receiver. So I'm, I'm loaded at PPR and at receivers and PPR. I've got three good PPR receivers. I got some work to do at running back. So, Jamie, with
0: the 12th pick, try to get two of your top 15 if you can. And if you can't, then, you know, see how else you could make your wide receiver group look good.
3: Sure. I'm going to go Eckler and Diggs. Am I allowed to do that? You are,
0: in fact. Okay. <laughs> so
3: then I'm going to start with that. Then I'm going to come back at 36 and 37 and go Chris Carson and Robert Woods. So sorry, Dave, you don't get them. Um, mm-hmm. Then I'm going to come back again and go with my next picks are 60 and 61, 60 and 61. So I will go Daryl Henderson. I'm gonna cheat. No. And um, I probably would go at this point. Uh, Jamar Chase.
0: So it's just kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's Jamar Chase, 61. Um, Brandon Ayuk is at 60. It looks like uh, Chase Claypool, Odell Beckham, are the next ones off the board. What about uh, T. Higgins? Oh, he's seventy-one. Yeah. So if you have a late pick and you have to wait until round the late round five, you know round five, six turn basically to get your maybe your third receiver. You know, do you like that group enough of Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay, Claypool to Higgins? You feel good about that? Ayuk as number three receivers. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an exciting you group. Can
3: I go digs and Woods to start, and then that's my third guy. Absolutely. Perfect.
0: Okay. Now, there, Jamie didn't take a tight end. He might take Hawkinson with one of those picks at 5 6 if he's available. He didn't take a quarterback. He might take like, Kyler Murray if he's available, which he will be in our leagues. I don't know about in, in your home leagues. Um, all right. So, what I think is really interesting about wide receiver this year is the amount of great receivers that happen to be on the same team, same NFL team. And I think it makes it pretty annoying when you look at the Bucks, when you look at the Steelers, when you look at the Bengals, when you look at the Cowboys. I'm wondering if these situations are going to... Alliance. <laughs> the Giants are going to ruin some potential fantasy breakouts. Uh, you know, so let me get your sleepers, breakouts, and busts. And... I would like, though, just for some overall thoughts on if you if you see the landscape the same way, Heath, um, because the players that I would typically target, you know what I like. I like the sophomore receivers who had 900 yards or even just the sophomore receivers in general. I don't think the sophomore receivers are in good spots. I think most of them are in in crowded situations or in other types of bad situations that aren't conducive to huge breakouts like what we saw from A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf last year. And Deontay Johnson, I guess, but no, I wouldn't really say that. Johnson was in a crowded situation. They just threw so much. Um, so yeah, do you do you think that it's kind of dampening the prospect of prospects for some of these young
2: potential breakouts? Yes, Heath, Heath you, do, you do. Oh yes, I, I, like, I don't think there's, and the, what's going to happen? is that one or two of them, and we don't have the evidence quite for it yet, but one or two of them is going to be so good that it's just not going to matter. They're going to prove that they are a top 12 wide receiver and that the talent around them is not something that can prevent that. And I I think the most likely guy to do that is probably C.D. Lamb. Unfortunately, he's being drafted as if that's just going to happen now. (laughs) you got to take him as a third third round pick and a top 12 wide receiver. Um, I don't... I don't know who the second most likely is, whether it's Claypool or T. Higgins. I think it's probably one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't put it past one of those guys doing it, it but it definitely hurts the projection for all of them.
0: I didn't but even yeah, mean just them. I, I didn't mean just the sophomores. Like like DJ Moore has been top 10 in yards two straight years, but he's obviously got some quarterback concerns and some touchdown concerns because he's the touchdowns have really held him he's back. He's got
3: touchdown concerns more than quarterback concerns
0: it was fine i think i meant the same thing basically but
3: it might
2: be correlated yeah <laughs>
0: yeah uh i don't know
2: you know There's what i'm been saying
3: quarterbacks that haven't gotten in the end zone
2: i'm also well, they, well, that's cuz they have 15 passing touchdowns a year as a team like he's had like 20% of their receiving touchdowns it's just they don't have any
0: they have had 33 panthers have had 33 touchdown passes in the last two seasons combined and he's, he scored 10 he scored 10 for his career. Oh, in his career. Yeah, but in the last two seasons, he scored eight, I think.
3: No, four, four, and two.
0: No, in the last two yeah. seasons, he scored eight. So that's 25% of the team's touchdowns, which is not bad, but when it's th- 33 touchdowns over two seasons, that's a problem. So, anywho, uh, it, whatever, what I'm trying to say, and Dave, I brought this up to you on the live stream on Tuesday, the salary cap draft that we did. You'll hear it as a podcast on Sunday. Are rounds four through six at wide receiver very even, or do you think there are tiers within that, distinct tiers within that?
1: I I think there are there might be two distinct tiers in there, maybe three. We could break it into three. But I I, I thought the question would be like, are they all basically the same guy? Yeah. And that's I think what there I are players. I think there are a lot of ceiling plays, and I think there are a lot of floor plays in that group from rounds four to six. <clears throat> But the, the, the higher point that I would make is that there are startable receivers galore. And it's not like the running back dead zone where you think about, well, do I really feel comfortable starting Mike Davis? Or is Miles Gaskin really going to do what he did last year when he was healthy? It's more like, all right, I know that DJ Moore isn't the perfect wide receiver, but I know he gets a lot of targets, top 10 in yards. Maybe he does see an uptick in red zone targets. Yeah, that, that's a guy I could see myself starting. And you could say that, for every single receiver in the group, including what I think will end up being all three Bengals receivers, but for now ADP says it's just Chase and Higgins. But I think you can throw Boyd in there too. He's he's going to be somebody that I think fantasy managers will look at and they'll say, "Yeah, I could start that guy." PPR leagues have PPR. If I needed to, I could I, start that right. Guy but
0: easily. so so isn't that a isn't that a strike against drafting a wide receiver in round four? Right. If you don't think there's I think a it's huge- a
1: strike against taking a wide receiver in round one.
0: No, what I'm saying, well, okay, but at the same time, if I'm if I'm looking at Chris Godwin and I don't think there's a huge difference between Chris Godwin and Chase Claypool, but there are 27 picks in between Chase Go- or Chris Godwin and Chase Claypool. Why am I going to take Chris Godwin?
2: Did any of us take any Bucks or Cowboys in that drill? No. No. Nope. I think that's kind of part of the thing. Like, yes, I think we're not taking like the specifically the Cowboys and the Buccaneers because of the thing you identified at the beginning that the volume crunch um but that doesn't seem to be reflected as much in ADP. So that's why we probably like the 5th and 6th round guys better than the 4th round guys cuz we have those guys ahead of them
0: or right next to them. Yeah, there's a lot of guys so there are obviously exceptions here but <clears throat> okay, I'll let you guys take it away now with sleepers breakouts and busts. Jamie' favorite sleeper.
3: I keep falling in love with Elijah Moore. It's hard not to, you know, watching him make plays. Um, you know, he's uh, he's he's clearly got the pedigree. the The, the thing that I like is uh, I like the motivation. There's a story in the Athletic about him uh, writing the names of the five receivers who went ahead of him uh, in the draft, and he keeps looking at that every morning, every night. Um, and so, hopefully, his play can back up his attitude and his approach. Uh, Zach Wilson is going to be a big part of that, but this is a revamped. You know, offense revamp, quarterback revamp, coaching staff, and he's going to be one of their top three receivers. And it wouldn't be surprising if he's the best. Corey Davis is going to be you know hard to uh, necessarily. He's going to have to you know beat out Corey Davis, which which could be tough, but could also be easy. You know, just based on Corey Davis's you know body of work over his career. So um, I think Elijah Moore is somebody you know that is, uh, is is a high rising, fast rising player in my rankings, and wouldn't be surprising if he's in the number three receiver group if he has a strong preseason.
0: Would you take Elijah Moore or Michael Pittman? Uh, More, All right, Uh, Dave, your favorite sleeper.
1: Love the Moore call. I'm going to go with a 31-year-old wide receiver as a sleeper, guy that's been around for a long time, but you can still find him around or just after 100th overall on draft day, and it's Marvin Jones. And the track record with Jones is pretty clear. He's been no worse than 29th in PPR scoring points per game each of the last four seasons. And I know you'll say, well, he was in Detroit, and at times he was the number one guy, the clear-cut number one guy there. And that's true. He's going to a different team. Offensive coordinator is the same, somebody that he's familiar with. And I've told you on the podcast, I do think they'll spread the ball around a decent amount in Jacksonville, but I think that Marvin Jones can benefit from it. And he's just a good veteran presence that I think Trevor Lawrence will lean on. And when you're talking about a receiver that you can get after 100th overall that can pay off a dividend better than 100th overall, uh, I would say that you go for that on draft day. So he's the receiver that you'll draft to your bench, but I bet by the midpoint of the year you'll consider starting him as a number three
0: points per game for Marvin Jones last four seasons in non PPR eighth 29th 17th 22nd in full PPR 15th 29th 20th 25th it's so a borderline number two number three receiver and he's going outside the top 100. okay uh, Heath you're up sleeper
2: I'll say Michael Hardman and I've I talked about him quite a bit on the podcast I feel like the last week so I don't I don't want to regurgitate too many numbers but Sammy Watkins played 35 complete games with the Chiefs the last three years and averaged about six and a half targets per game that was a little bit higher in the five games Tyreek Hill missed but he was still over six per game when Tyreek Hill played this is your Azer stat of the wide receiver <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's about 111 targets over a 17 game season that's probably not enough to have like to have a, a Top 25 season, unless you're wildly efficient. Thankfully, Hardman has been. Uh 10 yards per target, 10.7, 10% touchdown rate. Um, I think th- I mean obviously there's ma- massive upside if something happens to Tyree Kill, too.
3: Okay. There's been uh six games for Hardman in his career to two years with the Chiefs where he's had at least six targets. In those six games, he's averaging over 14 PPR points per game. So he's depending oh, on the average.
2: That that. That's uh, maybe my second favorite. This is my new favorite Hardman's stat. Six wide receivers with 100 targets, 10 touchdowns, and 10 yards per target in their first two seasons in the NFL. Randy Moss, Torrey Holtz, A.J. Brown, Santonio Holmes, Mike Wallace, Meikle Hardman.
0: Not going to do it with Nico Hardman. Let's go to our favorite breakout wide receivers. Jamie, you can Why? Start. say his last name the way you say Goldman's <laughs> last name. Please. <laughs> Jamie's uh, favorite breakouts or breakout. Not to say it. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dave just got the joke.
0: Miko.
1: No, no, no,
3: I, I know it.
0: <laughs> All right, what do you got, Jamie? Favorite breakout.
3: Uh, I'll stick with the guy I've been saying all off seasons, uh, Terry McLaurin, Uh, you know, just love the setup with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The more time that Curtis Samuel misses, the better off it is for McLaurin. Just, you know, continuing to establish himself as that number one guy for Fitzpatrick. Um, You know, Fitzpatrick with his, you know, top guy whenever he's made at least eight starts, Uh, you know, Stevie Johnson, Brandon Marshall, Devontae Parker. Those are the three that stand out, but you know, Kendall Wright had a good season. once upon a time, Andre Johnson had a good season. Once upon a time with Ryan Fitzpatrick and stops in Tennessee and Houston, respectively. So, I think McLaurin has shown you enough in the first two years that he's got the chance to, you know, maybe build off that. And I would not be surprised if he's in the top five conversation uh, by the end of the season.
0: Mm -hmm. If you like McLaurin, you don't think there's a huge drop between him and maybe A.J. Brown. Uh, And you want, let's say you want a top three tight end as well. This is an opportunity where if you have a middle pick, you take maybe Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. And you say, all right, I don't think I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to get Kittle in round three. So I'll take Waller here in round two and McLaurin in round three. You could start your draft like that because McLaurin is certainly in that elite. Or if you
3: go running back, running back, he's a good first receiver as
1: well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so Dave, breakout.
1: I get pushback on Robert Woods. Some people don't believe that he's a breakout wide receiver partially because he's had some big years already but i think this will be his biggest year yet and he'll top the 15.9 ppr points per game he averaged back in 2018 he's been close to that mark kind of close 14.7 per game 2019 and 2020 let me tell you a quick story about air yards and what they mean to robert woods when he was on his way he had that bigger year in 2018 he had 1483 air yards it's a lot of Deep balls, a lot of passes in the air. Jared Goff was slinging it. He looked fine. Goff started to regress. 2019, 1,169 air yards. 2020, 898 air yards. That's it. Not even 1,000 for Robert Woods. The average depth of throw from Jared Goff was sliding, and Robert Woods had to deal with that. This year is going to be different. Detroit wide receivers were top 12 in air yards. At least one guy was each of the past three seasons. That's a byproduct of Matthew Stafford as the quarterback, throwing downfield, taking more chances, being aggressive. Woods will benefit from it. His efficiency is about to be at the best it's ever been. He's in line for 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. Both would be career highs.
0: The touchdowns, Dave, though, can he really have a great season? He's never had more
1: than six, I believe. He's going to get there this year.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but is eight enough?
1: you think, for him show, for
0: him to be an early round four pick.
1: Absolutely, especially when you tack on the 90 to 110 catches that he gets on top of it. And maybe all eight of the touchdowns aren't through the air. Maybe only six or seven are, and he gets another one or two on the ground. He's been known to rush the ball a little bit. I think it's 15 rush attempts each of the past three seasons for Robert Woods. It's either two or three seasons, but he gets rush attempts on top. Yeah, he gets
0: enough. over 100 rushing yards, but uh, if the A dot goes up, if the air yards go up, the catches probably go down, right? I mean, he might still get to ninety.
1: I I don't necessarily believe that. I think that this is going to be a Rams team that throws the ball more than they have in the past.
2: Okay. Uh, and Heath, your favorite breakout? If Robert Woods is a breakout, then I can definitely call AJ Brown a breakout. Um, I think that there's a like, you've said this about Justin Jefferson, and I think it's more likely with Brown. But both guys, it's probably in the ten to twenty percent chance range that in december it's just widely accepted that aj brown's the best wide receiver in football um i mentioned tyreek hill earlier and brown's been better like in terms of efficiency in terms of the thing that we say about hill he doesn't have to have that many targets because he's the most efficient wide receiver ever well aj brown's been more efficient his first two years in the league
0: jamie wants me to say devontae adams as a breakout (laughs)
2: <laughs> if he's, I mean, if he's going to have the best year of his career, that would be a fantastic. No, I year. agree.
0: I agree. He absolutely can be a breakout. AJ Brown, and uh, yeah, sometimes players break out in the second round. Devon, uh, Dalvin Cook was a second-round pick, I think, two years ago, and he finishes the number three running back or something like that. So, so it happens. <clears throat> And if A.J. Brown is considered the best wide receiver in football at the end of the year, well, he won't be the next year because we change that wide receiver every single year. It's always someone else the following season. And we'll do a bust real quick here, then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about ADP. I, I, I we'll get into uh, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. I don't know if we have to get that into them specifically. But the top 10 to 12, I'd say. But uh, bust, let's run it back. Let's go, Jay, uh, let's go Heath, Dave, Jamie. Heath, go. Biggest bust.
2: I'm going say Odell Beckham, and he's only like wide receiver 32 in ADP, and I think that's too high. Um, mm. He's obviously an injury risk. He's just not been the same guy since he got to Cleveland. His yards per targets below eight yards per target. His targets per game is below eight targets per game. Those are just mediocre numbers. Mm. But you look at his overall production, even on a per-game basis, he's been worse than John Brown, Jamison Crowder, Jarvis Landry, like guys that just aren't really even being thought of as number three wide receivers. Now, John Brown's not even a number three receiver on his own team.
0: Okay. Odell Beckham and Dave, you're up. Biggest bust.
1: I'm going to make the case for Mike Evans is a big bust. Last year, 13 touchdowns. That represented 32% of his PPR fantasy production while he posted three-year lows in targets per game, yards per catch, Average depth of target, average route depth, yards per route run, and yards per target. And he's going to continue sharing. And he played through four injuries last year. And, you know, that's just what a warrior does. But I I think that he, I, I think the thousand yard streak could come to an end this year and he'll have a single digit touchdowns to go with. It won't be as good of a fantasy receiver as he was last year.
0: By the way, before we get to Jamie's bust, I'm a little surprised nobody had Antonio Brown as a sleeper. He basically he had one fewer target than Chris than Chris Godwin in the first seven games of his season. I didn't count this eighth game because Evans got hurt in that game. But basically, the targets were Evans had the most, followed by Godwin and Brown, who were basically tied. And I felt like we all really liked Antonio
2: Brown's value. I think we all have Antonio Brown as a sleeper, right? Okay, it's just yeah. he wasn't our he's nobody's favorite, right? <laughs> okay, he's going a hundredth overall,
0: so. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's good value. And Jamie, your biggest bust?
1: Uh,
3: I'll say Julio Jones. Um, you know the fact that he's already banged up is is concerning, and you know I I think we're starting to see him slide a little bit. But uh, I, I'm I'm sure he was in the conversation, and you see his ADP right now is in the uh, early fourth round. Um, for us, it's a little bit lower on CBS. He's almost you know close to the fifth round, which I like. But you know for going by this, he's the 15th receiver off the board. I think in non PPR, I dropped him to 19. Um, it's just a little concerning, you know, the fact that he's he's banged up before the season starts. He's got to develop a rapport with a new quarterback. We saw last year that he took a backseat to, you know, a player on the rise in Calvin Ridley. And, and at 32, I'm going to guess he takes a backseat to A.J. Brown, you know, especially if we're all ranking A.J. Brown where we have him. So I still think Julio is a very good number two receiver, but I'm getting more concerned by the, the day with each time that he misses practice. And uh, hopefully he's going to be ready for week one.
0: Dave, why is Mike Evans a bust but not Chris Godwin? They have very similar ADPs. Why do you have a little more faith in Godwin?
1: Because I think Godwin will get the, the— I think he'll have the safer floor from week to week with targets. I think he's got a chance to get more targets per game than Mike Evans does, and I don't think he'll get quite as many touchdowns. Although, if I'm giving Evans eight touchdowns for the year, I think Godwin's got a chance to at least get seven. I just I, I think he'll have more catches. I like his versatile role in the offense and he'll be useful in the red zone. He wasn't quite as good in the red zone as Mike Evans was last year, but I think those two could flip this year.
0: That's the thing. I mean, Evans and Gronk got so many of Brady's green zone. I mean, inside the 10-yard line targets. Evans was second in the NFL. He had 14 of them. It saved him. Don't know if that's going to happen again this year, but he had 14. Godwin had seven targets inside the 10-yard line. Evans doubled him there.
3: He's never had back-to-back, double-digit touchdown seasons for Evans, so... You know, if, if the touchdowns, I think he still gets to the thousand yards if he's healthy, because it, it's, it's going to be hard, I think, in this offense for these guys not to put up big yards, knowing that Bruce Arians is still going to challenge down the field. Brady's going to do the same. You know, if he's chasing the passing record, especially early in the season, uh, we saw him really pick things up at the end of the season last year, but if he's chasing it early in the season, can carry it over the course of a full year, I think all three guys are going to be successful. But um, Evans, the, the thing that concerns me the most is, you know, if, if the target share is the same, the catches are the same, he barely got over a thousand yards last year. If he goes to, Know eight touchdowns, then that really is going to hurt him a lot. And so, uh, again, I like the way our ADP on CBS is reflective of where Mike Evans is going, which is you know in the fifth round. Um, You know, probably mid to late fourth is the is the sweet spot for him. You know, here he's going thirty eighth overall. That's a little too soon.
0: Was surprised by that as well. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll start picking apart average draft position for the elite fantasy wide receivers. Get to the rest on tomorrow's show. We might need a part three. You never know but I think we can wrap it up in two parts. So we'll be right back on fantasy football today.
3: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing and creative legal
2: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
0: And we're coming back to talk about average draft position. Devontae Adams is eighth overall. Tyree Kill is 10th overall. That's in full PPR. Let's talk about them and how they measure up with the running backs in that range. Uh, So Devontae Adams. Well, first of all, would you guys take Travis Kelsey or Devontae Adams? Kelsey. Adams. Okay. Would you Then, Heath, would you take Kelsey or Tyreek? I've got an Adams-Kelsey-Hill. Okay. And then I remember on the running back preview, we talked about you guys have a consensus top seven of McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry, Zeke, Jones. Is it consensus top six? Yeah, I think it was top six.
3: I think Eckler was seven.
0: Oh, okay, Eckler. Does Adams go after Eckler? Is that... Is that when Adams comes in for you? Uh,
2: yeah. I have, I have Adams just one pick ahead of Eckler, but Eckler ahead of Kelsey and Hill, so it's almost exactly the same. Okay,
0: basically, you know, if you're looking at Nick Chubb, if you're looking at Jonathan Taylor, right now Saquon Barkley, you're playing it safe going with a wide with Adams there. I am.
1: I'm not. Yeah. You're not, I'm not, but I understand those who do. They want to take the safe pick in round one, and Adams he personifies that. He's been a number one receiver in PPR points per game two of the past three seasons.
3: I think the thing that when you get to that point in the first round, you know, you look at it and you see the running backs that you're going to be available. The running backs are going to most likely be available to you in early part round two, you know, and so you have to have such, I think, a strong conviction to take Taylor or Barkley or Chubb Probably, you know, if you want to throw Najee Harris or Joe Mixon or, you know, whoever else in that in that group, you have to have such a strong conviction, I think, about one of those guys to pass on taking Adams. Because I do think there's a difference between Adams and probably Hill to Stephon Diggs. And that's not a knock on Stephon Diggs, but I think, you know, he's in a little different category.
2: And I, I mean, it's I, I think it's the upside play because the number one wide receiver has been a lot better than the number seven or eight running back right. in full PPR. it's You're just betting on your ability to replace that running back production better, but you're you're getting, I mean, hopefully 22, 23 points a game.
3: Well, I mean, if you play it out, so like Dave had the eighth pick, right? And You took Eckler, I think? Yeah. No, I took Eckler. No, you could say Eckler and Aaron Jones. You, you took, yeah, Aaron took Aaron Jones. Me. So it, it was Jones and... Waller. Jones and Waller. So if you just play out ADP, it's Adams and Harris.
0: Or Mixon, yeah.
3: Or Mixon, yeah, if you like Mixon better. Like, the fantasy points are probably going to come out Adams-Mixon if everybody's healthy.
0: So, yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, you think so? Adams and Mixon yeah. versus who? Aaron Jones and Waller?
1: Yeah. It probably will, but you'd you'd be missing on the tight end advantage that Waller would give you. And Waller gave you some pretty good fantasy points last year. And Jones has oh, totally. been I mean, five you know, fantasy running to, back for the last the, few years.
3: When you start to break down the position scarcity of those two guys, it, it, absolutely, you know, you can make an argument that Waller's the better player um, to Perfect. take in that spot. But you know, in terms of the fantasy points, if if Mixon is seventeen games of what he can be and three hundred carries. That combination, and Adams-Adams Adams again, thought that combination should be better.
0: Okay, so if you're curious where Devontae Adams has finished among running backs the last three seasons, 2018 was a great year for Adams. He was the best wide receiver per game in PPR. 2020 was in, basically an historic year for Adams. 2019 was not a good year. He was on pace for a lot of yards and catches, but he uh, didn't have a touchdown that year. So you can, you can factor that in. But in non-PPR, on Points per game. Here's where Adams has finished among running backs. ninth, 21st, and 5th in the last three seasons in non-PPR. ninth, 21st, and 5th. Half PPR, 9th, 13th, and 4th. And full PPR, 7th, 9th, and 2nd. So in full PPR, he was 2nd. He would have been 2nd among running backs last year per game behind McCaffrey. And in 2018, though, which maybe is a more realistic season for him, which is a tremendous season... He would have been the seventh best running back per game, and he was the number one wide receiver per game. Just something to keep in mind. Uh, Tyreek Hill, pretty similar numbers, and he just like Adams had a down year in 2019, but was just tremendous in 2018 and even better in 2020. Kind of the same thing, a little bit worse than Adams uh, when rankings among running backs. Okay, they, they both are first round picks though in full PPR, right? Correct. Yeah. What yes. about what about in half PPR? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on right. to the next group. So the next group in average draft position is Diggs, Hopkins, Metcalf, Ridley. That's four, three, four, five, six. Diggs, 14th, Hopkins, 16th, Metcalf, 19th, and Ridley, 20th. Jamie, does that feel right to you?
3: I would take Ridley over Metcalf, but you know he's not far behind that group.
0: And you'd take A.J. Brown over Metcalf, right? I would, yes, but back-to-back. Okay. So Diggs, Hopkins, Metcalf, Ridley. Is there anyone in that group that you guys are avoiding?
1: Metcalf at that cost. Metcalf at that cost. And I'm a little worried about Hopkins' target volume being exactly what it was last year. I I think with Moore there, with Green there, with Edmonds theoretically taking on a bigger role in the passing game, I'm a little bit worried that he won't be the target monster that he was in 2020.
2: I, I'm I'm happy to draft any of these guys. I end up with a lot of digs because I have him 13. So like a lot of times all these guys are still on the board when I'm picking in the second round. But I I'm happy with any of these guys in the first 16 picks, except for Metcalf.
0: Metcalf, why is this this too high for Metcalf? He was the number six wide receiver last year, full season. I'll check what he was per game. Um he's obviously a tremendous player. I think metrics are pretty similar to A.J. Brown's, except Brown's got a higher touchdown rate, I'm sure. Um, And I think we saw, it it definitely depends on when you want to start your sample. But I know Jacob Gibbs talks about this a lot. We saw him pull away a little bit from Tyler Lockett in terms of targets down the stretch, including the one playoff game. So he actually had right around the same. I think he had one fewer target for the season than Lockett. But if he's going to pull away from Lockett, then maybe he can justify that ADP. But Heath, why why no on Metcalf 20th overall?
2: Well, I mean, and I think you're, you're definitely right. If he's going to pull away from Lockett, then he can justify this ADP. I'm a pretty big Tyler Lockett guy. I've got him top 15, so I obviously don't think that DK Metcalf is going to pull away from Tyler Lockett this year. It was a, such a frustrating second half, but if anything, and I don't know that it will even affect the target distribution, but if anything, it, it offense with more short area targets, to me, seems to favor Tyler Lockett at this stage of their careers. Dave, Lockett's shown t- us that he can play that role.
0: You had some interesting numbers, Dave, uh, about yeah. that, right? About Russell Wilson and what he did when he got the ball out of his hands quickly. What did you find?
1: Well, I'm just I'm only going to give this data point, and maybe I'll publish the rest of it on the site, but... The the plan this year in Seattle sounds like Russ is going to try and get the ball out quick. That's what we've been reading. That's what it sounds like it's going to be. In the red zone last year when Russell Wilson threw the ball under two and a half seconds from the snap, DK Metcalf had 14 targets, including nine end zone targets. Compare that with Lockett, who had in the red zone seven targets and only three end zone targets. But it was a little bit different if it's over two and a half seconds. And these are like plays where Russ gets the snap, First reads not there pressures on he's escaping and he's a magician when he does that. This is one of the great things that Russ does. And in those types of situations, Lockett was his guy. He had nine targets when it was over two and a half seconds from the snap to throw And six of them were end zone targets. And that was way better than DK Metcalf, who only had two, two red zone targets when they were throwing a little bit longer than two and a half seconds after the snap. But what they're trying to do is get rid of the ball quick. There were a lot of screens last year to DK, a lot of slants to DK, asking him to make plays after the catch. I think that continues. And I think he'll be a bigger factor in the red zone than he was last year. That's why DK Metcalf is is someone I'm comfortable now with as a top eight fantasy receiver.
0: But it's just so interesting because Metcalf's A dot was 13.7,
1: which is well, almost. Those numbers ast- were just in the red zone, right? Those were just red zone numbers. Okay.
0: Yeah, like, because I know what Heath's saying. I mean, Lockett's A dot was 9.7, which was super low. And he had 100 catches. He transformed as a wide receiver last year. And yeah, you would think that this new offense would favor Lockett over Metcalf. Uh,
2: I don't. I mean, I'm not saying I think Lockett's going I have Metcalf ranked higher. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think Lockett's going away with – especially because this new sure. offense is supposed to be less predictable and, like, a little bit more, – and more targets going just to one guy wouldn't seem to fit with that. But
1: And and to be fair, the guy who was dialing up the plays that said, let's throw a screen to DK Metcalf in the red zone, isn't there anymore. So maybe the Shane Waldron's going to scheme up more for Lockett you know, like tunnel screens and stuff like that. He's right. It makes sense for a locket to do that. And it could be by the end of the year that they're both equal in red zone targets, which I believe was the case last year. Okay.
0: So That's we just overall, we red like, zone we like Calvin Ridley as a top six receiver. He, according to Jacob Gibbs, When Julio Jones was not on the field last year, Calvin Ridley had the second most targets in football. The only player who had more targets was Devontae Adams. Uh, You're going to be a lot of targets. There's going to be a lot of air yards for Calvin Ridley. Hopefully a lot of touchdowns. Hasn't always been the case for the number one receiver on the Falcons. So moving past that group now, we go to A.J. Brown, who's 24th, Justin Jefferson, who's 25th, Keenan Allen, 27th. This group is A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, and Keenan Allen, and then after that, it's McLaurin, Robinson, and Lamb. And we'll talk about them. But Brown, Jefferson, Keenan Allen, is that, how, is that how everyone has it ranked? Or are there any differences? Brown, Jefferson, Keenan Allen.
1: That's how I have it.
2: I have Keenan over Jefferson in full PPR. Um, Jefferson over Allen and none.
1: Was it always that way, Heath? Or did yeah. you change it with the injury? It was always that way for me. Okay.
0: Dear God, Justin Jefferson. I mean, <laughs> his first two games, he had six targets. His last 14 games... Somebody cut him, right? I cut him. Don't cut rookie receivers. They got off to slow starts. Barber. I cut him for Baden Barber. 16-game pace based on his last 14 games. 95 catches, 1,520 yards, 8 touchdowns on 136 targets. Uh, he's just... He's crazy. But he was on a... He he was a 1,400-yard receiver. He's one of 40. 40 times has had a 1,400-yard receiver in the last 10 years. Only twice... Has a 1,400-yard receiver been on a team that has thrown fewer passes than the Vikings did last year? So does that mean he was lucky?
1: It's just amazing. Let's hope they throw a little bit more this year. Well, in those last eight games, he had 81 targets, so right around 10 targets per game. Kirk Cousins was averaging 38.4 pass attempts per game. Yeah. Count me as one of the people who think that they won't throw quite as much this year.
0: Yeah, but if you look at the last 14 games like I did, you take away weeks one and two, it's 33.2 pass attempts per game for Cousins, which is exactly what he has averaged in three seasons with Minnesota. And I just told you that with 33.2 pass attempts per game for Cousins, Jefferson was on pace for 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. Mike drop. In 16 games. Uh, Keenan Allen, Heath. You know, what? one thing we did see was a higher well, I don't know if it was a touchdown rate because he got so many targets, but on pace for more touchdowns than he usually gets with Justin Jefferson.
2: I'm sorry, yeah, Justin Herbert. I, I think it was a higher rate. Um, and it might have even been a higher target rate than he had with Phillip Rivers. But he was like just at... You were talking about a pace. He played had a 12-game stretch... Where he was on pace for 181 targets, he was on pace for 127 catches, and he left one of those games after like six snaps. So you take that game out, like yeah, come on. Is, and we talked about like that's not going to happen again <laughs> because the Charger, like part of Herbert's success last year, was the fact that they were running so many plays. Mm-hmm. But it was Herbert looked to Keenan Allen almost exclusively for a large portion of the season, and he's always been a high volume really PPR specialist, but didn't quite have the touchdowns. If he scores eight to 10 touchdowns, he's a, he's a top three or four receiver probably.
0: Well, here's where Keenan Allen's finished per game in PPR. The last four years, fourth, 12th, eighth, and sixth. And remember, remember we did a segment a couple months ago, I think it was just simple stats and get in the weeds with all this advanced stats, simple stat Keenan Allen has been top 12 per game in PPR four straight years. And he's been top eight in three of those four years. In non-PPR, he's not even close to that. In half-PPR, he's close. He's top 15, four straight years, and top 12, three of the four years. But in full PPR, top eight, three of the last four years per game. Okay, we love these guys. Uh, No no issues here. And Jamie, real quick on, on the three of them, on Jefferson, Brown, and Keenan Allen, do you see one as a potential bust, or do you feel very safe with all three of them?
3: Uh, I mean, Jefferson just with the injury now, you know, that's the the concern because the sample size is small and and the, uh, you know, the the defense could be better for Minnesota. The run game is obviously still going to be really good. Um, there is the potential of Irv Smith being that much better than Kyle Rudolph and commanding more targets and opportunities and taking away touchdowns and, and obviously Adam Thielen doing a little bit more than just finding the end zone. So he's the one that has, you know, some probably more concerns than the other two. But I, I think, you know, he's, he's still uh, – he's still just that's oozing with potential. You know, it's hard to overlook what he was able to accomplish last year. And if Clint Kubiak is different than Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer is more open to, you know, allowing this offense to be not just, you know, throw when you have to, then he's got a chance to be an absolute star. And, and look, let's face it. Obviously, we're drafting Justin Jefferson in a different spot than we were drafting Stephon Diggs. But Stephon Diggs and i are feeling really good together. You know, it's not like they were superstar this level. So I don't think if it reverts back to they're running the ball more, you know, what we saw in 2019 as opposed to 2020 you're still going to get a really good receiver in Justin Jefferson, but you may be taking him ahead of, you know, somebody who could be a little bit better behind him, McLaurin, Robinson, Allen, you know, depending on how it goes. So that's, that's the, the thing, you know, it's like when we were talking about who could be a bust, if Jefferson is the eighth receiver off the board and he finishes 12th, you know, if it's, if it's within, you know, not too much of a distance in terms of the points, then you're not going to be upset. But if he, you know, if it's a huge gap, then that's where the, you know, he becomes more of a bust.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that with the, with the fantasy points. Sometimes there is a really big gap between wide receiver eight and wide receiver 12. Sometimes there isn't. Right. <clears throat> All right. We're going to take a, well, not going to take a break. We're going to end the show. And tomorrow we'll start it off with the middle of round three and Allen Robinson, CD lamb, Terry McLaurin. And then after that round four gets into the bucks guys, uh, Amari Cooper, the Rams guys. And we will, we'll take it from there. We'll give you some of our favorite late round picks and, and just keep in mind, Last year, I mean, T. Higgins had a stretch where he was just phenomenal. Well, you don't see rookies do it. Brandon Ayuk had an even better stretch. Uh, so th- those guys potentially— They're all going to be great. Huge break. Hope, I hope so. Chase Clayton. All these rookies.
3: There's not going to be one bad one.
0: You mean the second-year guys? No, the rookies. Rookie, uh, right. Okay, we didn't get to the rookies. Um, but the second-year guys poised to have big years, we hope. We'll talk to you tomorrow on fantasy football. Today, I want to thank Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, and Jamie Heisenberg. I am Adam Azer. Wide receiver preview part two tomorrow.
1: New CBS Sunday.
0: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it.
3: You strong swimmer? So So-so. so so
1: so 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 okay. <laughs>